This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Radio family, it is nice to be again with you to welcome you to the weekend edition of Community Focus. You are listening to us here on our intercom stations. Great company yet again every Saturday and Sunday morning here on our intercom stations, and of course, great conversation with members of our Community Focus family. Now, Radio Family, you may have noticed over the last several weeks, we have done, to the best of our ability, giving you not only the latest information, but the best information to help you during these uncertain times that relate to COVID-19 with various topics of discussion that not only help you personally as an individual, but the knowledge that can be very beneficial and helpful for members of your family. And I'm happy to add another individual in that line of accurate knowledge. He is a new member as well to our community focused family. And incidentally, Sean, your last name happens to be newbie. First of all, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning to you. Thank you very much. But Sean, since you have now been officially introduced to our community focus family, you're no longer a newbie, at least in that sense, you're a regular member of our radio family. So see how short lived that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thank you very much again for taking the time out. As I mentioned, we do want to get into a really good and extensive conversation as it relates to particularly the financial realm and what you do as a financial advisor with Edward Jones. And I wanted to relate to our audience today that basically we're going to be talking about this title and upside to this down market. And as it relates to finances and particularly the position that COVID-19 has really put a lot of individuals likely in the frame of mind that I'm sure a lot of people we're not totally expecting because maybe a particular financial routine has totally been altered as a result of this pandemic. And it likely has people in a panic state from a financial standpoint, but hopefully you can give us information that will sort of calm our nerves a little bit and particularly steer us in the right direction to where we can still come out in a positive light despite the current situation. So I wanted to start with this particular question. How do you avoid the temptation, speaking of panicking, how do you avoid the temptation to panic during times such as these? That's a great question, especially to start out this conversation. And I really just want to first 
um, just summarize a little bit about what we're we're feeling out there. Exactly. Um, really, with this stock market uh, in general, it feels like we take this slow walk up some stairs, and then often when things like this happen, it's like a quick elevator ride down. Right. And so it really rings true with the stock market falling more than 20% from the peak and then crossing into a bear market for the first time in over a decade. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movement. So it really does tend to make people want to panic. Right. So the one thing I'll tell you is that this pullback mm-hmm. is just like those before it. It won't last forever. Right. You're going to want to be invested when the rebound takes shape. Mm-hmm. And historically, the stock market sends signals on average roughly six months before a recession emerges, along with other economic conditions. Right. And this was anything but typical. So with the market reacting immediately to the quarantine measures put in place, mm-hmm. it really, really got our attention. So I want to point out a couple of things to help you kind of stand your ground. Sure. Looking back at bear markets since 1955, and by the way, a bear market is a decline of 20% or more. Thank you for that, because that was going to be my next question for you, for those who may not be familiar with that particular term. Absolutely. Absolutely. The average total decline was 26%. The time from the initial 20% drop, right, mm-hmm. to the bottom of the market, it averaged 86 days. Wow. The stock market returned an average of 25% over the next year and then 32% over the following three years. Mm. So it's really, really encouraging. And it's not as long as what it makes it, what the news sometimes make it, makes it feel like or right. sound like. Right. Exactly, because, Sean, you know, when you think about or just when you mention something like 86 days, that can seem like a long time. But if you you break it down into the weeks and what that total, but what's really interesting, and I and I wanted to uh, back up a little bit first of all by asking, how long have you been a financial advisor? Yes, so this will be nine years. Wow! Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Now, in you're welcome. Now, in those nine years, have you seen or has the market been in a similar situation? during any unprecedented or unusual time at all when it comes to the financial market in general in the history that you've done this? Yes, actually. So we've seen some normal market cycles. So uh, 2011, 2013, and then the biggest one, which some people really took notice of, is in 2018, December. We had this really big dip right at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And again, it got a lot of people's attention. Absolutely, because this was making me think, too, uh, and you may recall this as well, when we had the government shutdown, and mm-hmm. you had a lot of government workers who were unemployed or out of work for an extended period of time. That, too, had an impact on the market, did it not? It did. It surely did. Absolutely. So the next question to ask you, Sean, is this, what should a person measure their progress against? Oh, yeah, that's another good question. Gosh, um, you know, we tend to look at the numbers, right? Right. And uh, that's what, again, those are the things that get our attention. But really, you should be measuring your progress against your goals, mm-hmm. not the peak value of your portfolio or even the short-term volatility and the fluctuations. 
if your goals haven't changed, mm-hmm. then your strategy to achieve it shouldn't either. And so really, I spend a lot of time talking with folks and really identifying a good process to build that strategy. And there's really five key steps that I take everybody through. Sure. Uh, the first one is we got to figure out where we are. Right. You know, I always equate it to using a GPS. When you turn a GPS on, the first thing it wants to do is it wants to know where you're at. Mm-hmm. you got to know where your starting point is. Exactly. The second step is figure out where you'd like to be. Simply put, that's the dream. What are you doing this for? You know, what do you want out of this? Number three, consider if you can even get there. Is your dream realistic or is it too far out of reach? If it is, we need to make an adjustment. Number four is decide how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And I like to, to describe it like crossing a river. Right. You're going to go across that river one way or another. Mm-hmm. You're either going to take a bridge or you're going to walk through the water. Wow. <laughs> <Just stop. laughs> I like that. And then, yeah, yeah. And then five is establish something something to keep you on track. That's probably one of the most important things because Absolutely. you don't want to get derailed emotionally. If you've got to change, it's got to be because the, the goal has changed. Now, once you've answered all these questions, mm-hmm. then you can start matching investments with the goal. And then you measure your progress against that goal. Then the big question along the way is, are you still on track? And those are some excellent points. And thank you for taking us through that that five-step, if you will, Sean, because it also indicates that every person is different when it comes to their financial goals, mainly because if it's a goal that's just dealing with a single individual as opposed to a person who has a family and is looking to perhaps leave a legacy with a loved one or someone very close to them, but particularly just having, like you said, a goal in mind to get you from point A to point B. Because, yes, we it is important, number one, to have a starting point. But like you said, it's also important to have a maintaining point to get to whatever long-term goals a person may have in mind. Definitely. That's interesting. I like the way you describe that. And sometimes we'll have discussions about that. I'll have maybe uh, younger folks that don't yeah. really uh, haven't really had the chance to identify what that goal is. And right. so I tell them, if you're in the middle of an ocean and you can't see any land, mm-hmm. where do you go? Do you just paddle in circles? Right. No, you, you at least pick a direction and we start there. Absolutely. I like that analogy as well. So we're exchanging some good points here with members of our radio family. But you touched on an excellent group of individuals, uh, Sean, because when we think about the scope of just finances in general, you know, I remember when I was in school, that really wasn't the main subject matter, you know, between the math, science and reading necessarily learning about how to manage money properly wasn't something that was taught directly in the classroom, at least not at a young age. And when we got older, and especially we found out when we were in college because we had all those credit card companies that love to come to, you know, college freshmen to say, yeah, you have $5,000 that you can spend, not realizing, you know, you're incurring interest and eventually you're going to have to pay all of this back at some point. 
on top of other financial bills and responsibilities that are there compared to a generation in which even some of our school systems, that's a prerequisite, that's a requirement for a lot of our young people to have because by the time between, let's say, when they're in kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, is there's going to be at least some financial responsibility because you have young ones that are starting businesses at a very young age, of course, with the proper assistance coming from an older adult, let's say. How many kids have have started a lemonade stand or have sold cookies or anything that's kind of business-related it gives them a responsibility on how to handle their money. But sadly, there are so many people, and you can't really put an age limit on this, Sean. There's so many of us who didn't have that ability, and even now we're still struggling with how to properly manage any type of financial responsibility. Yeah, definitely. And so I just wanted to say these first few minutes went by very nicely, and what a nice way to bring you here on the program of our public affairs show, the weekend edition of Community Focus. You've you've done well, my friend, thus far. We're off to a very good start. So thank you for this great information you've shared. I have a few more questions. So may I ask, will you please stick around for the second half of the program? Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Radio Family, thank you for your great company. As I, Renee Vaughn, again being joined by Sean Newby, who is a financial advisor with Edward Jones. We do have more information for you, and we're going to share it right here as the weekend edition of Community Focus continues right after this. And we are back. More of the weekend edition of Community Focus, your great company, Radio Family, along with members of our Community Focus family. At the start of the program, he was the newest member, but he is officially family now. Financial advisor Sean Newby joining me, Renee Vaughn. And Sean, thank you for coming back for the second half of the program. We've been talking about an upside to this down market and particularly the impact that this has had on just our finances in general when we talk about COVID-19 or the coronavirus The next question I wanted to address and to get some feedback from you, what's the advantage of being a long-term investor, speaking of the market? Mm, I really like talking about this, so I'm glad you asked that question. Thank you. Yeah, the long-term investor, uh, really, at the end of the day, they have time on their side. Mm -hmm. And you're you're investing for the long-term, so use that to your advantage. The market has had tons, numerous of ups and downs over the years. And there's no guarantee that it'll always trend up. But if history is any guide, long-term investing has the potential to be a successful strategy. Try not to be distracted by what are likely short-term setbacks, but instead focus on those long-term goals. If you were to look at the S&P 500 on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. and you put that on a chart, it would look like a seismograph that measures an earthquake. Wow. (laughs) So when you look at that chart, how would you know when to change? Right. It's too short of a time period. So this is why I believe that it's important for individual investors to have that long-term focus. Mm -hmm. And just to give you another example, if for a long-term focus, um, if you took the stock market, the S&P 500, with dividends, from 1934 to 2018, it averaged 
10.7% annually. Wow. That's a big difference. That is. Than the day-to-day swings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of the financial market, Sean, and, and when we have a topic of discussion such as this, there may be individuals right now listening to us here on Community Focus who really may not be familiar in terms of some of the financial terms that we use. So I, I really appreciate you putting it really in, in simple language for the everyday individual to understand. But for that person who maybe has never thought of investing, how important is it, whether in good times or in not so good times, which obviously is the case when we're talking about a major pandemic, because most people, and correct me if I'm wrong, perhaps one of the biggest misconceptions about the stock market, some, if not most people, think you have to have a whole lot of money to invest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. You, you really don't have to have a whole lot of money to invest. Right. There are so many ways now for people to get started, mm-hmm. uh, but that also poses another problem, too, because if you don't understand what you're looking at, how right. do you decide? Exactly. So this is very tough, but there are things out there. There are apps that you can download that right. actually can help you get started on small scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, take time to really understand what you're you're doing and what you're looking at. And I want to point out one other thing too. You mentioned, you know, uh, learning about how these things work right. and how do we take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. You hear the term S and P 500, the right. Dow Jones. You hear these terms thrown around all the time. Exactly. And I don't think people really understand what they are referencing. Right. And so I'm going to just give you a quick sure. a rundown of what those Please mean, do. really. Yeah. So when you hear those two terms, those things are really talking about a sentiment, meaning this is where uh, a certain portion of the market is going. It doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're going right. or the investment you hold is going. In the stock in the stock world of stocks, there are over sixty five thousand stocks plus wow. available. Wow. The Dow Jones measures the American the top thirty American companies. Mm-hmm. That's a small sample out of sixty five thousand, isn't it? Exactly right. And then the S and P five hundred measures five hundred. So 500 out of the top, or excuse me, the top 500 out of 65,000 plus stocks. So these are things you need to be aware of because some people will watch those things and use that as an indicator for their investments, and that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily true. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And thank you for that clarification because, yeah, that was something that I wasn't quite understanding because I really think this information is, is vitally important, Sean, from the standpoint that when Anytime we turn on a television or we turn on the radio, well, there used to be a time we used to open a newspaper. I think some folks still do that, that old school way of doing things as far as gathering information. But that was the thing, like you said, when it comes to the terminology and when you're not understanding, it, it can be a little bit intimidating. And I think that's another thing, too, about the stock market when one is unfamiliar with how it works and why a lot of people may be hesitant to even invest in the first place. That's right. Yeah. 
let me change the conversation or, or gear it in another direction, if you will, Sean, by asking this question. Is there any power in being diversified? First of all, let's get a definition of what that means. Oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. So d- diversification defined, I'm going to give you kind of a technical term okay. and I'll just make it really easy. So it's really the process of combining what we call non and low correlated asset classes together. All of that with the goal to achieve the greatest amount of return mm-hmm. for the risk level assumed. Okay, so that was, I said a mouthful. That's a right, lot. that was very technical. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put, we want to use things that work differently from each other, right. but are both working for the good of the goal. Excellent. Excellent. I like that. That is a very, that is a much nicer and simplified way of, of speaking <laughs> on the subject of diversification. And I, I, I thank you for that when it comes to being diversified, and especially as it relates to the power of such. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, let me ask you this particular question. I don't know if you get an opportunity to be asked this on a regular basis, but I always have a tendency to think from time to time especially with you being a financial advisor and working with individuals that you do on a daily basis, do you find that there's either more women who are investing in the market? Is it more men or is it kind of 50-50 down the middle? Wow, you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) I hope not. That wasn't the intent. So it is interesting, and I think it's it's different for, for every advisor. I think a lot of it has to do with your personality and the way you work with people. Exactly. But I will tell you, yeah, my experience, my my branch and my experience, we tend to work a lot more with women. Wow. And uh, this is the part I'm, I'm going to get me in trouble. Okay. I have found that working with women is actually a lot um, – I won't say easier. It's just very different. Women, our, the women in our branch tend to follow directions very, very well. I don't think that's going to get you in trouble at all with the majority <laughs> of our female listeners. Now, for our male counterparts, I don't know. Brothers, we still appreciate you, though. But, no, I think you have some women who are likely smiling <laughs> yeah, yeah. right about now after that particular comment, Sean. But carry on. Yeah, they. You know what I found is the ladies in our business they ask a lot of questions. questions. Yes, great. Yes, that's what you want to do. And then what I found is most men will definitely say, "Hey, look, I've got this, and I'm going to run with it. Right. Um, I don't have any more questions. Um, or if I do, I'll ask along the way." Yeah. So it is different. It is very different. Excellent. Well, thank you for that because that that was a little aside question, if you will, but you yeah. handled that beautifully. Thank, thank you so you. much, sir. You're very welcome. And thank you, Radio Family, taking this opportunity as usual to welcome those of you who may just be joining us and to thank you for doing so. You're listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus, our public affairs show that gets the word out and talks about good people doing good things in our communities. That is definitely the case with Sean Newby our newest community-focused family member, a financial advisor with Edward Jones, and again, our title, an upside to this down market. Well, getting back to that, Sean, how do we react to all this vitality, particularly in a state of a major pandemic that is upon us here in 2020? Yeah, I will say that, you know, the the volatility, again, it can be very unnerving and uh, a little scary, but the, the honest to God truth is we cannot control markets. Right, exactly. But, 
we can control how we react to it. And that's the most important part. Right. And so we should be leaning into this volatility. And I'm going to explain what that means. Sure. The history shows that the best time to be opportunistic are when it feels the toughest to do so. So during a time like this, you definitely want to stay patient. You want to stay disciplined and focused on your long-term goals. Right. It's going to be critical. Number two, I want you to all avoid the hurting behavior. And hurting behavior is when we copy the actions of a larger group. Mm-hmm. And so we might be watching a news channel or some kind of uh, someone giving a report on a stock or something that they like, and then we tend to think that, oh, that sounds great, and run with that. Right. That is the one simplest but most harmful shortcut we can make. Mm-hmm. Stick with what's right for your situation. Absolutely. I like that, Sean, because that also says to me personally how important it is that when times like this do come up, when we talk about volatility in the markets, because I was thinking, too, all the individuals since this pandemic broke. Sadly, so many folk have lost their jobs. So they don't have current income that's coming in to support them or other members of their family. So you have that constant question, what am I going to do to supply for the basic needs? And that's like you said, when we come to sticking with what works best for us individually, we want to get out of immediately going to that panic mode because most people are thinking, well, what am I going to do as far as relying on actual hands-on funds Mm -hmm. to pay bills, to do or take care of the basic necessities such as food and gas and, you know, I've got to pay, you know, for my internet or whatever the situation may be. And you've likely have heard this tons of occasions where individuals have even dipped into, if it's not what they have already saved up, say, for instance, a lot of us who are very familiar with our 401k plans. And, you know, those are funds that are set aside for a particular purpose. And it may not necessarily be, well, now is the time because there's a major pandemic. Let me start dipping into that. Because if I remember correctly, most plans are designed in which that money really shouldn't be touched for a specific period of time. You want you want to allow it to have time for the interest to grow, for it to incur, incur. I'm trying to think of the right word, incur. I'll get it out eventually. It's still early for me. But to the point of it's, it's really critical for us that when times like these do arrive, that we can be in contact with professionals such as you that can guide us in the right direction and, again, not allow us to go immediately into panic mode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I always try to encourage people to find someone to work with that deals with life events. Right. Not just your retirement. Exactly. Because there's so much more to our lives financially than just retirement. And so it could you could find yourself in a situation where that retirement plan is mm-hmm. derailed. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And I've even heard in speaking of media, a couple of stories where sadly you have some individuals in which their entire savings that they've worked hard for a number of years has completely been wiped out because of a situation like this in regards to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And that's really tough because basically once that money's gone, it's gone and you have to start over from scratch. And like you said, you're talking about individuals who are already in that retirement bracket. Mm-hmm. And if you can only imagine how many working years it took when they originally started to where they are now and trying to get back to that, it's going to take even more years possibly to even get anywhere halfway near that point where they were originally. That's right. Yeah. And again, that's why it's important to have someone that's working on your behalf that can exactly. that deals with life events to help figure out solutions for that. Absolutely. Speaking of which, and you, you're just a pro at this because this transitions into my next question. How long do you think this will last? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I'll it tell is. you this. I, I think volatility uh, is unlikely to end soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a couple of things going on. Right. We're confident that this rebound is going to eventually take shape, but the market's looking for a few things, right? So we're trying to figure out, you know, what is this coronavirus going to do? What's the peak? And mm-hmm. when are the cases going to change or stop? Uh, we also have continued what we call fiscal policy response. You know, mm-hmm. how are our politicians and our uh, communities reacting to this? Right. Monetary policy. Right. So the government has injected money into the economy, into our hands, into these businesses. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving pieces to all of this. And while I think this rebound will take a little bit longer to materialize, I think when it does happen, it's going to be robust and it's going to be it's going to be fueled by a return of confidence. Um, Long term investors uh, will definitely feel more confident. We'll see consumption go up. So we just got a few things to get through, and I think it'll it'll start shaping up pretty nicely. And I appreciate you sharing that, Sean, because, yes, it's and, – and a lot of us have talked about this in, in conversation in, in some shape, form, or fashion. We obviously, number one, are not going to go back to the normal that many of us have been accustomed to before COVID-19. Yep. It's just going to be a different environment. The The good thing from this particular standpoint, and especially in the midst of our conversation today, is that we are going through various phases that have been enacted by the governor of our state, in which particularly for area businesses that are trying to get back on track, as they slowly reopen, as people feel more comfortable coming out of their homes after a major quarantine, feeling safe enough to put money back into the economy, you know, because we all likely had a particular financial routine before this happened. And of course, obviously, as a result of the coronavirus, things have greatly changed, whether there's been an increase in our spending in terms of food, because the kids have been out of school for an extended period of time, which by the way, uh, Sean, I want to express as an aside to extend a congratulations to the graduating class of 2020. Um, I'm sure there are some parents who have sons and daughters who will be graduating in the coming weeks. 
And this is likely an unprecedented situation for young ones in particular, because this is likely the first time that I can recall for any generation in particular that has dealt with a a financial blow, if you will, such as this, because unfortunately you have a a lot of school systems that have decided they're not even going to have graduation ceremonies. But even so, you got a lot of seniors that are possibly around this time next year, or at least in the coming months and as early as the summertime, are hoping to find some type of employment. And, of course, that's going to be dependent, like we said, as we slowly reopen businesses, as companies slowly start to rehire people and things of that nature. But no doubt this is a resilient generation, as most generations are, when they are faced with major obstacles in life, if you will. And so I know that there are some outstanding young men and women who are going to make uh, quite a difference and quite an impact in their society once they leave their their various high schools, and some who will go on to further their education, and some who will go right into the workforce in general. So I just wanted to take that time out and, and just give a shout-out, if Absolutely. you will, to to our upcoming graduates, and, and to thank them for their hard work during these hard times, no doubt. Yep. That's great. It is. And with that, Sean, are there any hopeful messages? Yeah, let's piggyback on that regarding uh, market rebounds. Yeah, definitely. We are definitely experiencing this slowdown, and the root of it has been the virus. We think this downturn will be steep, but Mm -hmm. temporary, very temporary. This is not, in my view, a repeat of 2008, 2009. Right. This time, the financial and banking system is on a firm footing. Mm -hmm. And while we expect a period of significant disruption, some of the things you mentioned, I don't anticipate this being a sustained uh, spike or um, hurt on the economy. It it will change. We are resilient. This is America. We will recover. Uh, And so I feel good about that. And, And so it's even starting to show in this past month. Um, we've heard the term April showers bring May flowers, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> so April was actually a really good change for us. Okay. The market actually ended uh, the month with the highest gain since 1987. Wow. 12 point, yeah, 12, up 12.9% according to Morningstar. Um, stocks uh, were up 26.6% mm-hmm. from the March 23rd low. So that's it's going in the right direction, yeah. and we'll see more of these wins. And and thank you for for ex- extending that that hopeful message. I was just thinking, and I'm laughing to myself, Sean, and out loud apparently on this program because when you said 1987, I'm like, oh, I was just a pup. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an older pup now, but still, yeah. <laughs> that when you think about it, it, was like, wow, 1987. That seems like such a long time ago and actually it was compared to where we are in 2020 but yes but uh, Sean thank you so much for everything that you shared with our radio family now I wanted to when we were discussing this a little bit during the break before we came back for the second half with the title of our conversation upside to this down market is this available for our, our radio listeners that if they do have additional questions how do they go about first of all getting in contact with you yeah, there's 
probably about a good six different ways you can reach out to me. Okay. Uh, one would be by phone. Um, I'm listed publicly. My office number is 336-768-1165. And my assistant, Robin Newell, can get that information out to you. Okay. I can get it to you via email if you'd like. Uh, my email address is Sean, which is spelled S E A N dot newbie, and that's N E W B as in boy, Y at edwardjones.com. And I'd be happy to email that report to you. Um, and it's basically covering everything we talked about today. Beautiful. And it's free, no obligation. I'm not going to ask any questions. If you just want the report, I'm happy to share it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, Sean Newbie. A newbie no longer, my friend. You are officially a part of our community focus family. So as I like to share with members of our radio audience and with you being a member of our community focus family, many know that whenever I bring a public affairs program to the end, I like to share this. There are never any goodbyes with me just until next time. And hopefully there will be a next time in which we can have a follow-up conversation especially as things uh, steadily and hopefully will get a little bit better once we get uh, not necessarily past COVID-19 per se, but continuing to survive under different conditions, if you will. And like you said, I like the positivity and and reminding uh, people that, as we talked about earlier, we can get through this. The best way to do it is to stay informed And I really appreciate always with a program such as this being able, and I really owe it to you and other members of the Community Focus family who are just so cordial and getting back with me because, you know, I'm I'm just a a standby, if you will. (laughs) Even though to be the host of a program such as this, it really just helps to really emphasize what our intercom stations are all about when it comes to helping members of our community. And that's why I'm so glad to be a part of a program like this, because it does put me in contact with great people like yourselves who are experts in your various fields, very knowledgeable with what you share with our listeners, and especially making sure that that knowledge is accurate. I always emphasize that because there's just so much misinformation floating around out here that it's it's just so easy for people to get scammed to get duped to do things like you said that they normally otherwise wouldn't do and so being able to be in contact with someone like yourself that can help guide us and help get us on the right track if we did get off a little bit so i really just want to say i appreciate what you do and please keep up the good work Absolutely. Thank you. You're so welcome. So, Sean, indeed, until that next time, thank you very much for your time. And likewise, for you, Radio Family, your time and your listenership. And I also would like to express, as I do on the closing of every program, say thank you for the good things that you're doing in our communities. Please keep up the great work. And indeed, until that next time, for the weekend edition of Community Focus, on behalf of me, Renee Vaughn, and Sean Newby, We thank you for listening. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of this weekend. Everyone take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.